Well, hello there. Good morning, Multiverse. This is Back of the Cereal Box. I am your host, the prophet of pop culture, John Pica. You can call me Johnny. And this morning, I'm wearing my ghost tour digs because we're going to be sharing some ghost stories here in spooky season. And we are continuing our celebration of the 53rd anniversary of Scooby-Doo. And we will be talking about Scooby-Doo on Zombie Island and we are going to do that right after this. It's like Coca-Cola, Levi's Strauss, Johnny Carson and Mickey Mouse. The first star was James Dean. Helmets, Presley, and he's still the king. Some things are Hey there, friends and foes. Welcome back to the Virtual Rec Room. This is Back of the Cereal Box. I am your host, the prophet of pop culture, John Pica. You can call me Johnny. And we are a pop culture podcast that celebrates the fun of the Saturday mornings of our youth while surviving adulthood today. And I am of an age where we did not have smartphones or tablets at the breakfast table on Saturday morning. We were reading The Back of the cereal box that was our newspaper in between cartoons comic books kaiju and kung fu movies and everything that i love in pop culture as an adult came from the back of the cereal box and um, that's what we're going to be celebrating this morning specifically this morning we are going to be talking more about scooby-doo because last week's episode the 53rd birthday of scooby-doo it was just too big for one episode. So every every Saturday this month, we are going to be reviewing one specific Scooby-Doo project. And uh, this Saturday, we're going to be talking about Scooby-Doo on Zombie Island. But before we get to that, we got to welcome in my co-host this morning, the Peppermint Princess, everyone's favorite social media socialite, barista, hoteler, she is everything to everybody, the girl of your dreams, Willow Skyler. Hey, everyone. Good morning, Willow <laughs> Skyler. How are you? Good morning. I'm doing okay. I forgot to tell everyone that um, Avengers comic books, Star Wars movies, and Saturday morning cartoons made me who I am today. And this morning in my Grogu Bowl is... In honor of the 62nd birthday of the Flintstones, the Halloween Fruity Pebbles. Yesterday, oh, wow. yesterday, Willow, in 1960, the Flintstones made their debut on ABC primetime television 62 years ago yesterday. Can you believe that? That's crazy. I almost share a birthday with them. <laughs> well, tell everybody who you are, what your pop culture passion is, and what's in your bowl. Uh, all right. So my pop culture uh, passion is uh, uh, superheroes. As you can tell by my cup, I have Black Widow. Oh, oh, sorry. Um. Okay, so who am I? Uh, I am a lover of pop culture. Uh, I do all kinds of social media. Uh, housekeeper by day, barista by night, <laughs> podcaster on the side. <laughs> um, and what's in my bowl? Well, I decided to try uh, being, oh my God, I'm so sorry. Let's get rid of this virtual background. Uh, cinnamon Rice Krispies. Oh, my goodness. That is so good. Do you love it? it let's try it. As soon as I opened up the box, I was met with like um, like almost a powder dust of, uh, of cinnamon. So 
Mm. Yeah, good. Yeah. Yeah, I lo I love cinnamon rice krispies. Yeah. I love any cinnamon sugar, cinnamon <laughs> cereal. Have you noticed? <laughs> so, on a on a scale of one to five bowls, what do you give cinnamon rice krispies? Um, I love it. It it's definitely a four for me. Okay. Yeah. I, so I love Fruity Pebbles. Fruity Pebbles is one of my top three cereals of all time. Mm -hmm. And the special Halloween edition, I did a full review on a solo episode uh, that just dropped last Saturday. So you can go back and watch that. <laughs> mm. This has this has nothing special to it other than it's purple and orange. Oh. It, it tastes exactly like regular Fruity Pebbles, which is okay because Fruity Pebbles is delicious. But on you know because it's a marketing campaign, I'm gonna give it four bowls out of five because there's nothing special. If it were yeah. special, it would be five. Now the back though, the back is special because they have a great recipe. Willow for oh fruity pebble like treats on a stick. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, crispy marshmallow monsters. Hmm. Crispy marshmallow monsters. Speaking of monsters, <laughs> we need to welcome a returning guest to the virtual rec room. He's been gone a long time, doing dad. Building a photography business that is killing it. Please welcome our returning minister of music, the boys of noise, the one, the only, Mr. Sean Connors. What's good? What's good, everybody? How you doing? Doing great. How are you doing, Sean? We have Thanks. staying busy, man. Staying we missed busy. you. Hey, thank you. Thank you. I miss you guys, too. The world so, opened up and Saturday mornings haven't been the same. Yeah, yeah. So you, um, you're you on the coast. You're on the coast, right? Yeah, I'm in Norfolk. Virginia. Yep. Yeah, I, I love Norfolk. Um, I once performed in uh, at the um, Tidewater Dinner Theater. Mm -hmm. I know what it is, um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then and then sang at the memorial service for the USS Iowa. Okay. Yeah. Hmm. So look, but hold on. The next time you come here, you can't pronounce it that way. I'm like, oh, I'm not I know it's Norfolk. <laughs> it, it's Norfolk. So we tell everybody you gotta cuss a little bit or you're not saying it right. <laughs> I know it's it's Norfolk. Right. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I just that is actually harder for me to say than Norfolk. <laughs> Adding the L is easier to me than than dumping it out. Yeah, man. <laughs> so anyway, anyway. So Sean, what's your pop culture passion? Mm. Star Wars, Marvel, um, old school book nerd. So any of my old school book nerds know I started out reading the Psychopedia Brown. Oh yeah, stuff like that. Um, and I've been an IT nerd since I could talk. So there's that. <laughs> that is phenomenal. So, um, Star Wars. Are you digging Andor? Haven't started yet. You know me, Johnny. I've, so I'm so busy. I, I only have time for one one series at a time. And okay. You know what I came to talk about. So yes. Watching that. So you're so a Marvel. That's done. We're going to Andor. Okay, so you're a Marvel geek, which means you're watching She-Hulk. Watching. She I forgot to ask you though, what's in your bowl this morning? Do you have anything? Unfortunately, we're just going through the remnants of a hurricane, so I didn't get out and get anything. But I do have coffee. The miracle, All right. miracle bean. So you, so you are filling the role of DBRT this morning, who is I'm, off I'm, doing a photo DVD. shoot herself. Yes. So. So before we jump into your thoughts on She-Hulk, we got a ton. Oh my gosh, a ton of comments. <laughs> um, and um, Facebook user says, "Good morning, box tops." I believe that's probably Dave Mattingly. 
probably somebody in the in the group. Well, he calls us box tops. <laughs> and then Facebook user says zoinks and jinkies to all. And Wubsy is back this week. Wow, wow, everybody. And another Facebook user says good morning. One of those Facebook users, I think, is Eli Cash. And Wubsy asks, can fictional characters have opinions? Why? Yes. And another Facebook user says, Roro Raggy. And uh, what do you think of Scooby's feet? Asks Wubsy. And um, I got to say that Scooby's feet are probably pretty darn big. I don't I don't have a foot fetish, so I don't know. Oh, I am so lit with uh, my sounds. Where is as, it? as far as I know, like the whole thing of Scooby Doo is well drawn, so you know. I, I think because it's all it, they're all cartoon characters, their feet are feet and hands are supposed to be embellished a little bit. Well, Hey, Willow, is there a fight going on in your backyard? Oh, sorry. My husband's watching American Sniper. (laughs) (laughs) She's she's turning around saying, knock it off. Sorry. (laughs) That's all right. George Bueller is with us this morning. He says, good morning, cereal bowlers. And Facebook user says the Flintstones, who turned 62 years old yesterday, plus or minus 100,000. <laughs> I guess that's years. And Facebook user says Black wi- the Black Willow. And so, so Willow, your Black Widow cup makes you <laughs> the Black Willow. I love that. And we know who this one is. Hello, beautiful people, <laughs> says Keisha Acuff. And tomorrow night, Keisha Acuff and I are going to be just uh, doing a duet on Cryptid Crunch because Willow is not going to be able to make the show. We're so sad. But we're going to be telling campfire stories tomorrow. Oh, I, I'm on- looking forward to that. I, I'm sorry I won't be able to make it, but I'll definitely, I'll definitely watch the rerun. Yeah, and um, Facebook user says the Sultan of Sound. (laughs) That must be Drew. (laughs) And Blake Wilson says, you have no idea how sleepy I am. How do you all do this every Saturday morning? Well, for me, Drew, for me, Blake, it's not just every Saturday morning. It's every morning. And Sean, you're, you're a dad. You got kids. You're probably up at five o'clock. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, I'm up at four a.m. every morning uh, to uh, see my husband off to work, and then yeah. I kind of have a nap in between, and then I go to work. <laughs> yeah, and and so you know, for for those of us who are up that early every single day, sleeping in till seven on a Saturday morning is a big deal. Am I right? Yep. But the problem is a lot of the, it went, it, at least when I was a kid, the Saturday morning cartoons would start at 7 a.m. Mm-hmm. and then go up until noon. And, and they still do. On on me TV. Man, I was so mad when they did I knew the world was going to hell when <laughs> they took away Saturday morning cartoons. Oh. But, yeah, that was my routine. You wake up 7 o'clock, get you a big bowl of cereal, watch TV. I had to catch Super Friends. I had to see Super Friends. Yeah. <laughs> but then it seemed like the later it got, the cornier the cartoons got. <laughs> yeah. And then after that, we had to clean the house. Um, I, then certain Sundays, Saturdays, we had to go to church after that, come home. Um, finish whatever chores your parents had, but then after that we had wrestling, yeah, theater. Oh yeah, baby, and Soul Train. Oh, <laughs> hey, I, I'm not gonna lie. I learned how to dance through watching Soul Train. So, <laughs> yeah, it was a perfect Saturday. You know, was was there anybody 
smoother than Don Cornelius. Mm. Maybe Billy D. Williams. Maybe. And you, you know, and he could, you would never know a mistake because he was so smooth with it. Yeah. That was like the epitome of cool right there. Yeah, yeah. So, so Kung Fu Theater. Mm-hmm. What's your all-time favorite Kung Fu movie? Do you have one? Mm, I don't know. Because then you got to think about Kung Fu, and then you got to separate it to anime. and uh, But I think my favorite Kung Fu movie might be The Five, set, the five Deadly Venoms. Okay. Yeah. And Do you like see this ring? Yeah. This is a gift from my good friend, Chun Yun, the ninja. Anything now, it will heard, be your death. Anything you ever heard sampled in a Wu-Tang album, I love it. I like the <laughs> flying on top of houses, the more extreme, being able to see the little wire when they go across, the old school. <laughs> Listen, that, that Five Fingers of Venom movie is the cheesiest but I, one of the best because mm-hmm. you know what my favorite all-time kung fu movie is this may be this may surprise everybody the last dragon barry gordy's the last oh, yeah. dragon yeah it's a dope kung fu movie okay. i'll have to watch that yeah willow no i know i i'm so far behind on oh, watching these uh, kung fu show movies show no show no <laughs> the shogun of Harlem. Mm-hmm. You are the last dragon you possess. Yeah, in the channel anime and everything, it was perfect. It was great. Hey, there's a great uh, documentary on Netflix, uh, if you've not seen it, called um, Iron Fists and Kung Fu Kicks. Okay. And it's all about the history of Kung Fu movies and the cultural impact in America. Particularly in uh in urban and black america hip hop mm-hmm. culture it's it yeah. I, I i learned so much that i never knew it's phenomenal and um facebook user says scooby's feet give me pause and <laughs> that's funny <laughs> oh i missed that sean and uh <laughs> facebook user says that's me it's it's eli cash uh and Facebook user says, R.I.P. Don Cornelius. Love, peace, and soul. Dave Mattingly says, my favorite Kung Fu movie is Kung Fu Hustle or maybe yes. Kung Fury. Oh, my God. Kung, Kung Fury. Fury. Me, me and Dave seem to have a connection when it comes to uh, pop culture and uh, movies because I love Kung Fu Hustle. Yeah, Kung Fu Hustle caught me off guard. When I don't know how I found it. But, that's not Jackie Chan, is it? No, no, no. That's no. Um, a whole different director. And okay. Actor. Yeah. It's and it's on my he list. Did, they also did um, the Silent Shaolin Soccer Monks. Yeah. Shaolin yes. Soccer. Yeah, that, um, that is a great one as well. Well, see, uh, Willow, you're more up on these movies than I, because I haven't seen Kung Fu Hustle, and I've not seen the Shaolin what? Soccer Monks. No. You need I, I know. Soon as on your ride to <laughs> Comic Con, you need to ride, well, you need to watch Kung Fu. May, may, well, maybe I could do that since I'm being kidnapped and hijacked. It's um, more of a uh, uh, a spoof on uh, Kung Fu movies. It's not true, something to be taking it serious, but it it is, but it isn't. And you're gonna love it because of your whole love of you know. Uh, pop culture and Looney Tunes. Just think, if Looney Tunes met the Shaolin Monks, that's what you're about to get. Ooh, I, it, that, like, see, that's so exciting to me. It's like watching a live action anime. <laughs> but I think we spoiled it for you because for me, the, the fun of it was not knowing what to expect. Well, it's at the top of my list now. <laughs> Look, I I love now. I love watching uh, Chinese. Uh, action adventure cinema um not necessarily kung fu movies but um lately i've been getting into bollywood action adventure and there's one called triple r r r r it's bonkers it's like so over the top crazy it's awesome um it's it's a it's basically a bollywood kung fu movie it's phenomenal but um Dave Mattingly says, 
Who's the master? <laughs> Show enough. <laughs> Show enough. And uh, Facebook user who is not Eli, it's Greg. <laughs> and I'm guessing that's Greg Jones because it only says Facebook user, Greg. I don't know. But he said he saw that in college. I'm guessing he's talking about uh, Last Dragon. And his favorite is Ip Man. And uh, Kung Fu Hustle is from Stephen Chow. And Dave Mattingly also adds, if Airplane was Chop Saki, it would be Kung Fu Hustle. <laughs> That's funny. That's yeah. funny. Yeah. Well, Sean let us down a rabbit hole talking about his Saturday and Kung Fu movies. But Sean specifically asked to come on this Saturday morning for his grand return because he is getting into She-Hulk on Disney+. Plus. Yeah. And... So Sean, tell us what you're thinking about She-Hulk. Are you are you loving it? I am. And I didn't think I would. And I'm really 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 like it. Um I didn't expect it to I don't know. I like I like the whole tongue in cheek thing about it. I, and, and I'm trying not to say too much because I know Willow hadn't seen it. <laughs> no, go right ahead and talk about but it. I think I, I like being the f- I think so. A lot of times in life, your perspective changes, right? Depending on what's happening. And be, I'm a girl dad now, and my daughter is a teenager. And all the pro girly stuff that's going on in it, I kind of like it. So yeah, and I just like I like to. It's like a, it's like it's not they're not taking it seriously, but it's a serious part of the story of the Marvel storyline. I like it. I like. It. I think this is what because at first I was skeptical about them doing series when they broke from doing all the movies, but this is why you have a series instead of. I don't think the She Hulk movie would have been as good as the series, and the way they it's almost they shoot it in a way that reminds me of like them old school cheesy um, um, episodes we used to get of like Spider Man in the eighties. But if they did, if they really did it seriously, but it's still cheesy, like the '80s, you know what I mean? That's why I like it. I like, I like it. I think it was, it was a real good spin on your average superhero type show. Yeah, I, uh, <clears throat> I love it. Um, and those of you who don't know, um, I have been a She-Hulk fan since 1980. I was 10 years old when the Savage She-Hulk came out, written by Stan Lee. And I, I fell in love with that character, but it wasn't until the mid '80s when um, she joined the Avengers and then the Fantastic Four. She replaced mm-hmm. the Thing in the Fantastic Four, written by John Byrne. And what Roger Stern did on the Avengers, what John Byrne did on the Fantastic Four with that character was just amazing. And they were Stern and Byrne were close friends, so they they were telling stories that were synchronized with each other and so you know they were developing a a really fantastic character and she became my favorite marvel character Mm -hmm. i um i collect captain america stuff only because up until recently there's been no she hulk merchandise um there's starting to be some now because of the tv show and for those of you who think oh She-Hulk's just ripping off Deadpool, breaking the fourth wall. She's done that for a long time. Yeah, she's done that since the the Sensational She-Hulk series, uh, which uh, was John Byrne's series. And um, that was her thing. Not only breaking the fourth wall, but she could go between panels. And uh, it it was really great. Wasn't she um, one of the first characters in the Marvel comics to do so? She was. Or, she yeah. absolutely was. Yeah. And then Deadpool did it, and and then Gwenpool really did it. Um, but She Hulk was the first, and um, so she's been around for what forty two years, and um, the show is maybe the most accurate adaptation of the source material of any MCU project. It is so true to the original comic material. 
it's scary. And Sean, like you, you know, I'm a, I'm a girl dad and I've got an 18 year old, super strong, independent, strong willed, talented girl that, you know, I love that this show is, you know, I, I mean, it's made for everybody, but the focus obviously is to appeal to that demographic. And I don't have a problem with that. And I don't know why some of these immature man babies are being so toxic online. And, you know, look, is is the CGI perfect? No. Could it be better? Sure. But, but it's a so, TV show. Right, right. It's a TV show giving movie production value. So it's okay. Well, and I, I think part of the show is a little bit of corniness. I, so I, yeah. it's okay to have a cornier or not so, um, how do I want to say it? Masculine. Okay. <laughs> right. <laughs> She-Hope. You know what I mean? It's okay because it's, it's the whole, they do have a little bit of, you can tell they're having fun with it. You know, yeah. it's not as to be taken as serious. So the CGI don't have to be all that serious. Well, and there are places where it's gorgeous and you it's hard to tell that it is CGI, but then there are other places where it's pretty obvious. And my whole thing is we really didn't need She-Hulk to be a CGI character. They they could have done the Lou Ferrigno route with with makeup and prosthetics and that that could have totally happened, but you know, they went the way they did. And it, it is what it is. But the writing is fantastic. The comedy mm. is hysterical. I laughed out loud several times. Yeah. I, I was I was a little bit dubious of Tatiana uh, Ma, uh, Masley. Is that, is that how you it say it? Sounds her about right, yeah. Anyway, I was a little bit dubious of her because I really wanted um, the girl from Glow. Um Oh, what was her name? Um, Brie. Um, her last name is Brie. You know who I'm talking about. Yeah. Played. Played. Uh, man, I'm having brain cramps. <laughs> played uh, the 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 Russian. Yeah. So Soya the Destroyer. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, I don't know where my but hey, look here's my love for She Hulk on display. Oh, the wrong one. <laughs> Oh, I've got a oh, She-Hulk wow. sticker that, nice. uh, yeah, I bought this at a con a couple of weeks ago. So, along with, I didn't even show this for New Loot, I don't think, Thundar the Barbarian. Oh, that's neat. And, do you remember this? Hell okay, yeah. yeah. Oh, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cuss. <laughs> yeah, yeah, G Force. So that's the type of anime that I first used to watch after school. Yeah, that I think it was something called um, some of the battleship. It was a big battleship that used to travel in space. Yeah, and, and uh, that led into um, that led into Voltron. But yeah, G Force was my favorite. Yeah, the Star uh, Star Chasers. Star. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, I know what you're yeah. talking about. It was the battleship yeah. Yamamoto. Yeah. 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 Um, that right. was my introduction to anime when I was a kid. Yeah, me too. Me too. And I love Battle of the Planets, G-Force. They're, they're, the, the planes, oh, stop, man. You're about to take me back. <laughs> uh, Cindy Kep says, does it recognize me now? Yes, it does, Cindy Kep. My favorite kung fu movie was Ip Man. Okay, gotcha. And Dave Mattingly says, She-Hulk broke the glass ceiling and the fourth wall. <laughs> And uh, Facebook user says, Corny makes the show more interesting and real. It is very real. I mean, look, I know those people in real life. I'm not talking about the actors, but the characters. I, I relate to all of them. I, I know someone who's like those characters. And uh, Facebook user says, good afternoon from Bonnie Scotland. That must be James Scott with the uh, Across yeah. the Pond Sports Thank Network. James. Cindy Kep says people are spoiled by the big money movies that have rock and CGI. Nothing else will do. TV shows can't compete. And that's the thing. They have a TV show budget as opposed to a uh, $3 billion. The, the CGI is appropriate 
for what it is. Okay. I think if you overdid it. That's a good it, point. You know, it's supposed to be kind of tongue in cheek. It's appropriate. It's enough. Yeah. And Facebook user says She-Hulk was amazing. Was amazing. The writing is so good. Well, we got, what, three more episodes in this se- season. So I'm excited about that. Dave Mattingly says, oh, Dave, bring in the facts. Ninja Science Gachaman, also known as G-Force in the United States. And um, Oh, a.k.a. Battle of the Planets. Yes. And Dave adds, my anime growing up was Speed Racer and G-Force. Yeah, I remember Speed Racer. You know... Speed Racer was never on in my area when I was a kid. So I did not have the opportunity to actually see it until I was an adult. Mm. It Don't came on like one of the weird channels for me, like Channel 7 in Chicago, and I live in Virginia. It's some kind of way I could see Speed Racer. So. Astro Boy started the whole anime thing for me. Okay, Astro Boy. <laughs> did you see the, the movie that they did recently? Okay, uh, so... I I Uh-oh. did enjoy Hot the take. movie. I did enjoy the movie. Uh, I would have preferred if they would have just called it something else other than Astro Boy. Um, yeah, I know everybody was expecting it to be Astro Boy, but yeah, if they would have just separated the two, it would have been a much better movie. My my favorite line from the Astro Boy movie: "I got rockets in my butt. I got <laughs> rockets in my butt." And oh, and Facebook user says I posted a crossover pick on discussion, Scooby Doo and He Man. Hmm. Okay, that could happen. They're both owned by uh, Warner Brothers, DC Comics. Uh, and Facebook user also says not understand why I'm not being recognized. I don't know either. It's a can't help Vineyard you. has a, a weird. It's a permission in Facebook. It does it with my church's live stream, and sometimes it won't show Facebook users if they're commenting from the um the back of cereal box page unless there's some kind of permission they gotta click yeah so uh we are caught up with comments time for my favorite segment and uh we got something exciting for this this is brought to you by our partner at entertainment earth you can click the link in the show notes after the show and visit entertainment earth get your your toy fix, your action figure fix, but it is time for that time when we reach into the cereal box and pull out our new loot. And Sean, I'm going to throw this up here first because you've been busy working on your photography business. Oh, and I thought I loaded it. So I guess I did not. So we're going to do this real quick. Give me two seconds. Talk about yourselves. Um, yeah, so it's, it's been it's been real fun. I've been um, since the world has opened up. I've been in demand and been doing working on my photography thing. Well, we'll talk about this picture because it's it's phenomenal. Colors and the resolution on this are unbelievable. Oh thank you, wow! Thank you. That is a local artist here. His name is Christ Dick, and he is a trap grunge artist which is kind of unique and this was shot for his single called war and that's a vietnam uh well not a vietnam but a, a veteran um inspired memorial we have in downtown norfolk awesome awesome yeah if you're not following uh sean on instagram or facebook you're missing out on some amazing work um and sean you're taking some pretty fly pictures of the ladies. I just got to say. Ah, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, I yeah. do portraits and headshots and fashion photography. So, yeah, I take interesting p- pictures of interesting uh-huh. people. <laughs> I would say so. That's pretty awesome. That's pretty awesome. Um, so follow Sean definitely on Instagram and see more of his work because it's more of this awesomeness. And um, I'm, I'm, I've got my son following you. I don't know if you follow him, Sean, but he's gotten into photography and he's progressing at leaps and bounds. And now he's the official photographer for the MTSU men's rugby team. 
Okay. So he's following them around. I think he's on a trip with them this morning to Tell Cincinnati, Ohio. Hit my I will. I will. I will. I will. Uh, Willow, you got anything to show off this morning? Ooh, yes. I'm so sorry. I forgot to grab them. Oh, well, while back. you're doing that. Um, so you guys, uh, George Bueller, I hope you're paying attention. So yesterday... I had no intention of finding this, but last night I finished a ghost tour and um, I, I made a stop in Walmart to just get a drink. But, you know, out of habit, I had to check the uh, collectible section and I found a holy grail. Oh, a holy grail. I've only <gasps> seen this one other time in the last year. This is the NECA Flash Gordon two action figure two pack. Oh, oh my god! Yeah, and it's the movie Flash Gordon, and um, I may have to fix Ming's teeth. They're a little bit jack. I mean, he's a little bit janky there in the teeth, but um, I might, I may fix that, but. Listen, I, I'm not even going to tell you how much this was, but I got a bunch of big tips from doing the ghost tour. And so I I knew that I might not ever see this again. So I picked it up and I'm super, super excited about everyone. Flash! So you He's go, saying so you're everyone definitely going to open it. Yeah, yeah, I will. It will be because uh, I'm an out-of-the-box collector. So um, they'll be on display somewhere downstairs. But um, Willow, what do, what do you got? Oh. <gasps> Spider-Girl oh. and uh, Spider-Gwen. Yeah. Uh, Ghost sorry, Spider here, and uh, that's, uh, that's uh, Arana. Spider Girl and Ghost Spider Gwen Stacy. That's the uh, Titan series from yep. Hasbro. Those are great. Those are beautimous. These were my birthday presents. Happy birthday. <laughs> Newly minted 40 year old woman here. <laughs> hey, you know what? Hey, but you know, we have the age now. We can buy the toys that we want. So it's yes. okay. Yes. So yes, this is what happens when I I, I am free to roam in a Walmart <laughs> without supervision with my husband's credit card. <laughs> so this is this is what I love about those figures. They're they're twelve inch tall. Um, they're uh, they're just uh, four points, five points of articulation: the head, shoulder, and hips. Um, but they're really well sculpted and. They're they're affordable. They're what ten bucks each? Yeah, I think yeah. And and you know, and you can accessorize that... with them. Okay, well, the stuff that I get, the Marvel Legends and the Star Wars Black, they're up now to thirty four dollars each for a six inch oh, figure. Wow. Yeah, I might start reconsidering my life choices and <laughs> um, switch to the Titan series because they're they're great quality. And especially, yeah, especially for kids, they're ultimately playable, very durable, great, great stuff. Those are great find. Mm -hmm. And uh, Carlin Stewart says, Flash, he's jealous. <laughs> have I seen, Cindy Kep asks, have I seen the really old Flash Gordon serials? Yes, I have them on DVD. DVD. And Dave Mattingly says, my, new loot, my loot, new loot this week is a challenge coin from a charity I support that fights human trafficking. That's awesome. I love that. Love that. Well, let's be honest here. If you have Queen uh, as your, you know, uh, theme song, uh, make your theme song, I think you're guaranteed gold for the series. Well, so that movie, that Flash Gordon movie was one of the worst movies ever made. <laughs> Though. But, it but was the soundtrack it was, was awesome. Yeah, but the movie was ridiculously bad. 
and ridiculously yes. good because it was bad. <laughs> but but the performance by uh, was it Max Max Shrek that did uh, what was his name uh, Max uh, not Shrek Max uh, that did uh, Ming. He was in one of the he was in Star Wars Force Awakens. But um, <clears throat> someone will say um, his famous line. Clytus on board. <laughs> and uh, anyway, so... But, you know, that's the age of all... At that time, all all sci-fi kind of sucked a little bit. <laughs> yes, yes, it did. <laughs> well, we need to have a bad sci-fi day where we just watch old, you know, movies from like the 40s. I am all about like that. Old Godzilla, <laughs> like old Godzilla movies. <laughs> they were so Listen, cheesy, but they were so I'm from outer space. <laughs> Mars attacks. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So we're already running out of time. And today I got to leave right at nine. So it is time for this week in the rec room where we talk about our main topic. And this week we are continuing our celebration of Scooby-Doo's 53rd birthday with discussion about Scooby-Doo on Zombie Island. Now, did anyone do their homework on this? I think you and Sean need to talk about this because I've been trying very hard to. I'd be glad to know that I have seen this movie, but not recently. So it's not fresh, but I have seen it. Well, lucky for you, Walmart has it for five bucks on DVD. And also Barnes and Noble does too. That's where I picked it up because I had it on VHS. That's how the movie came out in, I want to say 1996, 1997, right around there. Um, No, it must've been 98. Someone look up the Wikipedia article that I sent Um, early, like mid nineties. It came out. And before this movie came out, you know, we had Scooby-Doo, Where Are You? We had um, the 13 Ghosts of Scooby-Doo. We had Scrappy-Doo. We had a pup named Scooby-Doo. But everything was pretty much that formulaic Scooby-Doo formula. And Scooby-Doo on Zombie Island broke Scooby-Doo. It broke the model because the ghosts and the monsters were not people in masks. They were real. They were real zombies. And these zombies, they they were zombies because their life essence had been sucked out by Simone and her tribe of were people, were cats. And basically people's souls were keeping these were cat creatures immortal. And Scooby and the gang have until midnight on this one night to break the curse and to free the souls. And spoiler alert, they succeed. And the werecat people do not have new souls to replenish them. And they disintegrate into dust. Dun, dun, dun. And, And it introduced a whole new like layer to Scooby-Doo with the monsters and the threats being real. And that was like legendary. And it also introduced um, some new style of music to the soundtrack. We had um, some great, you know, rock tracks, um, original songs. And of course you had the, uh, the new shading and color grading the new animation the yeah and and it just everything about this movie was great and now they've continued the tradition and what there are like 50 movies that were directed to dvd or video streaming including last year they released return to zombie island which i also picked up for 5 bucks at walmart this week and we're going to be watching that uh, as a family. But, um, you know, we used to watch these every every week. So, uh, or every every new movie as a family. 
So, um, but Willow, you've never seen Scooby Doo uh, on Zombie Island? I may have uh, watched it a couple times, like on TV as it was playing, but just I, I apologize. I haven't actually sat down to watch it. Did you I will. Watch, I promise. Did you watch the YouTube clip I sent you of the first ten minutes? I'm a very bad person right now. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm sorry. I did not do my homework. <laughs> he's gonna. He, he's gonna <laughs> boot me from my show one of these days. <laughs> Marcella asks, what did I walk in on? We are talking about Scooby-Doo on Zombie Island, Marcella, because we are celebrating 53 years of Scooby-Doo. And, you know, this is funny. Don't people know that I'm doing a live show? Why are they messaging me on (laughs) Facebook and text when I'm live? People, I'm on the air. (laughs) Because that's the perfect time to call someone when they go on air. (laughs) My family knows that I'm on air, too, by the way. And yet they let the dogs out to run around the (laughs) rec room door and bark and make noise. And it's not good podcasting, Sean. (laughs) It's real life. Yeah, yeah, I know. I I was just saying to Sean earlier that we should just do like an animal episode where it's like, yeah, because I got a new We just we just answer questions and just that's not a bad idea. I'm surprised that you haven't got a bark yet, so it's okay. That's not a bad idea. So, Sean, what what do you remember about Scooby Doo on Zombie Island? The change in the animation. That's when it went to that cell shading, and you can tell that they they kind of they put some effort into it. Yeah, it took on a very theatrical, um, cinematic feel and look. And yes, the animation game was stepped up so high. And they it, said it gave it a little darker feel because of that. Yeah, absolutely, it did. Um, Scooby Doo went dark with. Scooby-Doo on Zombie Island because everything was happening for real. Um, and and it introduced the elements of real life, too, you know, because when we meet the gang at the beginning of the movie in the first 10 minutes, Willow, um, you know, Daphne is hosting a show called Daphne Blake Coast to Coast, um, doing kind of the adventure journalism with Fred as her executive producer and cameraman. Uh, Shaggy and Scooby are security guards. They've you know taken jobs at either an airport or a bank or somewhere like that. Um, and Velma has opened up a, a, a an antique bookstore that specializes. It was like the gang had grew up. Yeah, they had, they and they'd gone separate ways. <laughs> they had real life responsibilities, and then it, you know it takes a special anniversary birthday event to bring them all together on. Uh, and they go to New Orleans, to this island, um, and uh, they get embroiled into a real adventure. And basically, they were they were coaxed there by the the Werecat people so that they could suck the souls out of them to you know live a more they they Scooby and the gang were about to become one of these zombies themselves. Yeah. So, and Sean, not only did it up the animation for Scooby-Doo, but it set a new bar for animation films in general. Mm -hmm. Because we started to see after this, the DC Universe movies and the Marvel Universe animated movies, you know, raise their game. Mm -hmm. Saturday morning cartoons, they raise their game. Everything it was like when Pixar entered the the movie theater genre, everybody up their game, and um, we got some phenomenal stuff springing the, out of this one movie. The thing that I love about the art uh, for this movie, though, is the fact that while all these cartoons seem to have gone kind of like, and I apologize for this, but kind of went the lazy route where it's like uh 
kind of more of a cartoon cartoony look um but not enough not a whole lot of detail towards the characters this just went like they they added more detail to the characters and i love oh, absolutely it. absolutely they did yeah um but at the same time it, they didn't depart from the um you know the 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 modeling of the, the the original character designs at all like some of the later stuff um they they remodeled the designs and whatnot but with this one they stayed true to the original designs the original character models and um they just upped their game and scooby-doo was always known for these intricate mm -hmm. backgrounds and that that remained in place and um just they they took everything to a new level and they really created a whole renaissance for the character because when this movie came out scooby-doo wasn't on anybody's radar anymore and cindy kept did uh confirm it was 1998 hmm. so and uh by the way the actor who played um ming the merciless greg jones to the rescue it was max von Sydow. And um, yeah, so um, and uh, let's see, we have some comments. So Cindy Kep says, "Was this cell animation or computer? This was hand drawn cell animation. There may have been some computer animation mixed in in the like the way they zoomed in and and did some of the shots, but all of the animation was hand drawn animation. And by the way." It still is on the Scooby-Doo movies. Like uh, Dave Mattingly mentions, my favorite of the recent Scooby-Doo movies is Batman, the Brave and the Bold crossover, which I also got on New Comic Book Day this week as part of this assignment, Willow. And uh, all of the animation is Two jobs. Two jobs. <laughs> okay. We're, okay. We're going to play this game, are we? Are we? Um, Marcella Gonzalez says, I believe I have this movie on DVD. I'll have to watch it with Luna, her daughter. She may hate me after. I may hate me after. Um, so Luna, I believe, is 10 years old. It might be a little bit intense. Because I will tell you, even for an animated movie, Scooby-Doo on Zombie Island is a little bit intense. Mm -hmm. A little bit intense. Speaking of intense, it is spooky season. And Willow, we've got eight minutes left. I made a promise to you. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to take center stage for just a minute. And I am going to douse the Edisons just a little bit. Oh, that really did nothing. Um, the outlaw, John Morrell, was infamous throughout the Southeast. He would disguise himself as a gentleman or a preacher to rob from his victims. He would also steal horses and he would show up at somebody's house to bless their land or to, you know, maybe do a, a sales presentation. He was a door-to-door -door Bible salesman and he would entice the people with his charming personality and his broad smile and then he would rob them and kill them and bury their bodies in their own backyard. He was not a nice guy. He would terrorize the Southeast United States going from town to town. And eventually he was caught in Nashville, Tennessee, sent to trial. And at his trial, his only defense was, I didn't do it. Well, that was good enough for the judge. They found him guilty of the robberies, but none of the murders. But because he stole horses, he was sent to prison. And in prison, he tried to escape multiple times, over and over again. And on his final escape attempt, he broke his leg. And in the prison infirmary, he contracted tuberculosis. I think they call that karma. And they took pity on him again because... Tuberculosis was a death sentence, so they let him go early on parole. And after he got out of prison, he did not die immediately. 
he went legit. He became a blacksmith, started going to church. But on his deathbed, he would confess to the murders. But he would say, I never killed a man what didn't need killing. Well, he was buried in an unmarked grave just outside of Nashville, Tennessee. But two local doctors knew where that grave was. And because they wanted to study the brain of a serial killer, they went and they dug up his body and they took his head. Only his head. The next morning, the body was discovered by a young girl picking strawberries. And you can just imagine those therapy bills. Well, these two doctors did scientific experiments on John Morrell's head for several years. And eventually they split. And when they split, they sold his head to a, a carnival entrepreneur, an impresario who put John Morrell's head in a glass jar and traveled throughout the Southeast to the cities that he terrorized, charging people 10 cents a peak. It was one of those, step right up, step right up, looky, 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 I've got to hear it now, the most amazing and spectacular feats of Hindu scathopathomy, the amazing head in a jar, that sort of thing. Well, I don't know about you, but if my head became a traveling sideshow exhibit, I'd be pissed. And apparently the spirit of John Morrell did not rest easy either. And to this day in Nashville, Tennessee, people swear to see a headless specter bumping up and down Second Avenue, searching for his missing head, or perhaps a suitable replacement. So if you visit Nashville, Tennessee, be careful that you don't lose your head. But if you do, you've had an encounter with John Morrell the headless outlaw of Tennessee. Ooh. Yeah. That is awesome. <clears throat> it's spooky season, I love, baby. I love your storytelling, John. We'll be doing more of that. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I'll be here all week. Tip your waitress. <laughs> uh, we will be doing more of that tomorrow night on Cryptid Crunch. Uh, me, Keisha and I might have a special guest along for the ride. So we'll have to wait and see, but tune in on this network, on this channel tomorrow night for cryptid crunch. And um, we're going to miss you Willow, but we know that sometimes I got to take care of stuff. Here. Yeah, <laughs> well, that's okay. So we are right at the hour. Um, I am waiting for my ride to show up. So we're going to call it a morning. Thank you everyone who joined us and commented um, you can continue to post comments in the notes or in the chat, in the comments down below, and we will respond to them uh, as we were able. Now, I forgot. Ooh, I'm, I'm, I'm a really bad host. I forgot to acknowledge our partners, the Murdering Crows. They did our awesome theme song, Can't Beat an Original. And their record, Four Bad Crows, is available at Amazon, Google, Apple Music. And, of course, our super friends, our supporters, Sharice Collins, Sidney Kep, Brian Huff, Dave Manginelli, Dave Mattingly, Crystal Raven-Jones, Eli Cash. And you, too, can have your name in lights at buymeacoffee.com slash CerealBoxPod. The address has been scrolling across the bottom. You know, buy us one, two, three bowls of cereal. Buy us the whole box of cereal. And if you hate the show... Donate even more generously to help us improve it just for you. If nothing else, to get Willow a Disney Plus subscription. <laughs> that would be awesome. And, Sean, tell everyone where they can follow, find, and support you. IG always at SeanConnors757RenaissanceMan.com, LVASTalk.com. And today is October 1st, and I'm running the C4 Challenge 30-Day Podcast Challenge. And today is day one for the month of October. Check that out at C4Challenge.com. And that's where you find me at. Awesome, awesome. Willow, at Willow Skyler. And you what can, can people expect all over to find? <laughs> uh, all right, so... Uh, no, unfortunately, I will not be on the Cryptic Crunch tomorrow. I got to take care of the home front here. Uh, but 
Uh, you can find me, if I'm not haunting the hallways of the Fort Gary Hotel, <clears throat> you may hear this wonderful voice taking your order at the local Starbucks. <laughs> or um, you, you'll see me uh, on the next uh, back of the cereal box. <laughs> and, and and you're all over social media. You're, yep. you're doing all the meat socials, except you don't have an OnlyFans, do you? No, I'm staying away from that. Nobody wants to see an aging woman dance around naked. <laughs> anyway, you can follow find and support me at johnpica.com. And uh, if you like our show, you can watch more episodes at um, at backofthecerealbox.fun. This address back of the cereal box dot fun make sure you like comment subscribe uh whatever platform you're watching on click subscribe click follow and share it with two three hundred of your closest friends and family and until the next time love you mean it we'll catch you on the back of the cereal box <laughs> <laughs>